Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live. Okay, actually, we're not recorded live. We're in like four different locations. It's brought together by this genius technological advancement. Jerry doesn't understand it, but we'll get him through it. Here he is, Jerry Springer, ladies and gentlemen. Another week, we're back. You know, we've been doing this, what, eight years? Yeah. 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 I think about eight years. By the way, we've got uh, Darren Hackward on from Hocking Hills, Ohio. Now hey, he's, Darren. He's Hello. out touring with his band, and they're somewhere Greetings. in Pennsylvania. But we'll be talking to Darren. He's going to introduce a couple bandmates he has with him. Uh, we'll do that uh, later in the show. Uh the heart of this podcast, I, I say this repeatedly, it's the truth, is uh, Jerry Springer's uh, take on something that's in current events. So uh, I'm just going to ask it this way, Jerry, what what caught your attention this week? Well, beyond campaigning, voting, and keeping our fingers crossed as we await the results of this week's midterm elections, Beyond seeing whether the Republicans have actually been successful in blocking efforts by women to have their rights to dominion over their own bodies, to have these rights restored, there will be perhaps one overriding concern, and that is in seeing whether the GOP was successful in suppressing the vote in urban minority communities. While the success of their suppression efforts may still be in question, the fact that they're really trying is not. In fact, they're going all the way up to the Supreme Court. And once again, race is at the core of their strategy, and the South is the field upon which they choose to play. The state of Alabama, in the case of Merrill v. Milligan, is asking the Supreme Court to reverse nearly a half century of precedent, precedent that allowed a limited consideration of race in drawing up of congressional districts so as to ensure that minorities would get equal representation. Alabama, echoing the cry of conservatives throughout the country, is arguing that the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, specifically its Equal Protection Clause, demands race neutrality, in other words, colorblindness, that race should never be considered in any government action. In fact, that is the same argument being raised before the Supreme Court this week in another lawsuit challenging affirmative action and limited consideration of race in the admission policies of Harvard University. The plaintiffs argue that admissions should be race neutral, no specific advantage given to African-Americans, which consequently would keep some white applicants from getting in. Their brief states clearly, and I'm quoting here, it is a sordid business, this divvying us up by race. And yes, at first blush, that does seem to make sense. I mean, why should race matter in terms of who gets admitted? As Chief Justice Roberts has stated in the past, again, quoting, the way to stop discrimination is to stop discrimination. But in fact, that's not necessarily true as the newest member of the Supreme Court, Katanji Brown Jackson, reminded the conservative majority of the court by turning their conservative mantra on its head, their mantra being 
that the original intent of the writers of the Constitution must govern all subsequent decisions. Well, if this is conservative doctrine and it is to be adhered to, then their current argument against affirmative action, against the consideration of race in certain policies, makes no sense because the original intent of the authors of the 14th Amendment and its Equal Protection Clause was in fact spelled out in the very report of the Congressional Committee that drafted the amendment back in 1868 in the first place. And that was that the specific purpose of the amendment was to secure rights of the freed former slaves. Indeed, we wouldn't even have the Equal Protection Clause of this 14th Amendment, but for the issue of race. So much for original intent. The hypocrisy here is blatant. Republicans, that is conservatives, cry out against affirmative action. No more discrimination. We must be colorblind. And yet the whole world sees that they are more than happy to see race and color when they seek to overturn election results and throw out votes solely in African-American communities, as they tried in 2020 in Atlanta, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, you get the point. But beyond their hypocrisy on original intent, there is the moral and practical argument as to why race can, and to a certain extent, should be considered in making certain policies. If the issue of racial discrimination against Blacks throughout our history was so poisonous to our being as to necessitate a constitutional amendment prohibiting it, then how can it be argued that governmental action now or university policies now to alleviate the damage such discrimination against African-Americans caused and continues to cause, how can that be wrong? Let me draw on this example. We want opportunity and competition in a free society to be fair, right? Well, imagine a race around the track, a black man versus a white man. The gun sounds and they're off, except the black man is forced to have a heavy cinder block attached to his leg. Halfway around the track, the white man, unencumbered by a cinder block on his leg, is of course way in the lead. Suddenly we see that, hey, that's not fair. So we say, okay, from now on, no discrimination against the black man. He can take the cinder block off his leg. Now let's continue the race. No more discrimination. But wait a second. The white man has built up this huge lead. If the race is to be fair, Bring the black man up to where the white man is, and now let's continue the race and the competition. That's why we have affirmative action. That's why we need it. And that's why the probability that this right-wing Supreme Court will actually do away with affirmative action and why that is so deplorable. It's getting harder and harder to convince minorities that we're not a white supremacist country. I can see why. Brilliant analogy. Yeah. Yeah. I have to ask you this Sad, question. Sad, but true. <clears throat> Did Sad. you come up 
with the brick image? Or did I, you see that here, that somewhere else, and borrowed it? Either way, it's perfectly a, fine. But a I'll few, yeah, a, a few years, not that whole thing, but yeah. a few years ago when I was in England, I was speaking at the same place that Reggie, uh, that Reggie, that Jesse Jackson, I'm still a Yankee fan, uh, <laughs> yeah. that uh, Jesse Jackson was speaking. Mm-hmm. And he says, why do they always uh, make us do everything with uh, cinder blocks around our leg? Not talking about a race, just in general. Yeah. And that always stuck with me. And I've been trying, nice. actually, for several years, trying to figure that how do I get that into a Well, good a commentary. damn yep. work. Yep. That's, That's very, very good. Thanks. Thanks. Very good. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Hey, uh, well. I guess speaking of politics, that that uh, commentary had uh, you know politics at its core. You have to admit. Yep. I watched, and Megan was saying as before before we came on the air, she also watched our good friend Jerry Springer <laughs> on The Masked Singer. Oh, now, yes. real fast, well, if you had never, we did. If you had never, <laughs> if you've never seen the show, The Masked Singer is, I think, a Fox production and Fox Entertainment. And concept is, person comes out and they're really camouflaged. I mean, Jerry was full, wearing like, this, yeah, this like thing, the full Disney body type costume. And yeah. so you don't know who the hell it is, and uh, and then you sing a song, and then they try to guess who you are, and then they also that's one element. The other element is the studio audience votes as to who stays, who goes. Some one person is going to go, and uh, Jerry was on that show. He sang. Here's the song he sang. David, can you play this? It's unbelievable. <laughs> that, that, that it it's is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. Here we go. Yeah, I think so. Let me find it real quick. Okay, David's queuing this up. We do things. Uh, oh, we're pulling this. I was going to try to leave leave you guys up at the same time so you could see your reactions to the actual video. <laughs> okay, for those of us on Facebook Live, by the way, this is basically an audio oh, you podcast. You the video too. Oh. That if uh, those of you watching fine. on Facebook Live, you'll get to see whether we smirk. Or... Oh, it's so cute. Here we go. There's. <laughs> When the world is cold, I will feel the glow just thinking of you and the way you look tonight. Very nice boy, yes. Yes, you're lovely <laughs> with your smile so warm. Cheeks so soft, there is nothing for me but to love you and the way you look tonight. All right, let's let's we'll we'll, we'll okay. bail out of this because we got to talk about this. No, um, we don't. No, we <laughs> I thought don't that was cool. Gary, did they lower your voice because you really did sound very good? He had a voice no, what coach. They, what, well, here's how it happens. Uh, a few weeks before you're going to go out to L.A. to do the show, because it's all live. Yeah. I mean, it's live at the time. It's live before the audience. It's obviously taped several months in advance. Um, 
And uh, so I had a voice coach over the over Zoom call. And uh, <laughs> the first few <laughs> Zoom calls were, what do you want to sing? And every song I came up with didn't get approval. Really? So like what? Truth, like what were the examples? Well, I, you know, some Elvis songs, some Dean Martin songs, you know, uh, and, and stuff like that. And so... <laughs> Uh, they never got approved because they have a list that they kind of want you to, but they saw that I like to do ballads. That's all I, Mm. you know, even assuming I could carry a tune, there was no quality to the voice. So they, they agreed to let me do a ballad because that's like from the 1940s. And, uh, and then I went out. So then I just practiced at home. That's all because I didn't know all the words. I, you know, I'd heard the song before. I think Sinatra did it, but I, you know, so I practiced the song. And then you go out there and you get out there on a Wednesday and uh, you go to a studio where Amy, the coach, was and she worked with me. And I was worried about remembering the words. And uh, and then there's uh, the second day, Thursday, there's a rehearsal and Friday you do it in front of a live audience. So there's not a lot of time, but the worst worry for me was the outfit. Oh my God, I would imagine. <laughs> well, because you know, it's like um, in Cincinnati, uh, Mr. Red or whatever, you've got this. I mean, I got a big head to begin with. Well, Jerry, but- you have to, Jerry, hold on. You have to describe because people remember we're an audio podcast. So nobody saw, a lot of people didn't even see the show. What were you wearing? Describe the I was, <laughs> I was a Beatle. When they first said that, okay. I'm thinking they want me to sing a Beatles song. But no, I was the bug. And so <laughs> they. Like so, a Disney costume yeah, that you, type that, of yeah, bug. <laughs> that you step on. And yes. it was huge. It was uh, it was just huge. And it was like three feet across the head. Yeah, I was going to say so you had the whole character head on. Did the they whole have you head from Mike? foot, from, from feet, yeah, inside. Inside, wow. From feet to the top of the head and higher. And then they put eyes in the head so that you can see. What they didn't count on was that I'm, when I'm moving around, as I was supposed to, my head moved, so my eyes went where the holes were. Ah. So I couldn't see a thing. That's why when you watch the video in the beginning, I'm not moving. And you're turned I around backwards. See anything. <laughs> and right. I wasn't, I was supposed to face Kermit, but I was away from Kermit. <laughs> and I couldn't see where the panel I was. They got him in the Kermit. And, and yeah. by the way, Kermit the Frog was, uh, as a kind of a gimmick, one of the Judge. people, oh. a panelist, right, Jerry? So you, well, you uh, Miss Kermit. Piggy, Kermit was who I was singing to. Oh, or, Kermit and Miss Piggy and was. And Miss Piggy was on the uh, panel, uh, was one of the panels. Along yeah. with who else, yeah. by the way? Oh, uh, no, Jenny, no- Jenny McCarthy, Robin Thicke. Nicole Schlesinger uh, and Nicole, yeah, Schlesinger, yeah, and okay. uh, and they they were very kind to me, but it was just pure sympathy. Hey, so so one thing I wonder when I was watching it is I figured it was all voice track because we couldn't see your mouth move anywhere. You're saying you actually sang? Oh, you had to sing in yeah, real time. You had to sing. Yeah. What's that? Because let, let there's, pay you there's money involved. I hear you. You're because you your get pay. paid. For, you know, every week you're on. Now, right. they knew 
that I was going home first. Oh, you're saying this was rigged? No, it wasn't rigged because they didn't they didn't know ahead of time how the audience would vote. Yes. But they knew from the quality of my singing that I would be the first. They eliminate two out of every three. So they <laughs> okay. So the reason I finally figured out they knew I'd be the first one to go because they didn't give me a second song to learn. <laughs> what, what would I have done if the audience said, let's keep him? And just I would have said, I don't know I know the song. Right. No, Terry. And then in the morning, the hotel that I, they put me up in, they put everyone up in a different hotel because it's like the CIA. Wow. No one can know who else is on the show. To this moment, I don't know who else was on the show with me because we're all in and we stay in separate places. Nobody can see anybody else. As you get close to the studio, they put a sack over your head and they no walk kidding. you in. No, no <laughs> one knows. And I wasn't allowed to tell anybody except Mickey. And well, I did tell Gene. But other than that, because he's <laughs> my male wife. Um, it's work. called contemporary work. life, partner. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Hey, so you've had, <laughs> hey, Jerry, you've had yeah. a sack over your head two times in your professional life. One is the mask <laughs> singer to get you into the studio. Yeah. The other is and when you negotiated with the PLO, right? When they took you off oh, and yeah. you met with the PLO. <laughs> Interesting. That's, that's why one was yeah. a little more serious than the other, but <laughs> I blew Here, both of them. It really it, was cute. It was fun to watch. And, you know, I was watching it with my husband and I just kept thinking, you did Broadway. You did London stage. Yeah. Like you've done. Yeah. It's I wasn't nervous. To be honest, I wasn't nervous about, you know, let's face it. 50% of America can carry a tune. Everyone yeah. sings in the shower. I mean, it's not like having to dance. That's scary yeah, because it's yeah. not anything most guys ever do. Yeah. But, you know, singing, you just sing your tune. Big deal. So it's not going to be great. What made me one, I was sweating like a pig, which <laughs> Miss Piggy could relate to on the panel. And <laughs> And then we don't have a laugh track here, Jerry. Sorry. Can we get a laugh track? <laughs> Good Lord. I want to see some shoulders going. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, the other was I couldn't see. And well, that and the thing was, because I was worried about remembering the words, it, they had a huge teleprompter, which did me no good because as soon as I moved, I could no longer see. So I, I I was thinking, what if I forget the words? Just hum along and do you think it would have made a difference if you forgot the words? Too? I would have <laughs> I would have slam dunked it. <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna pay you a compliment. I thought the singing was damn good. And I thought the judges, uh, I because I also saw the show, and again, uh people who are listening to this didn't get to see this, but they cut they keep cutting away to the panel they were all standing and they were all saying oh, yeah. this guy this person's really good this guy's really good and they didn't know who it was uh, they eventually did guess it david i don't know want to put you on the spot but we just heard that song done by jerry megan it was great to hear you say man did they lower your voice he says they didn't do anything to his voice digitally hmm. david can you pull up bloodshot eyes or <laughs> oh! hey david hey, let's talk about an octave difference yeah bloodshot <laughs> eyes 
Hold that was, up and just play a couple bars of that. This was it, pre-puberty. Yeah, <laughs> no, hell no. You were out of law school, bro. You were in Cincinnati <laughs> as a law clerk. Can you, are you able to access that? There you go. Now, now you Maggie, see, Maggie, if, I played played that, if I could have sung that song, I'd be still on the <laughs> show. Kill I'd kill. I'm telling you, and I mean this, I think Jerry Springer can sing. He I think sing. Jerry Springer pays you to be his friend. No. Yeah. He can sing. That too. But, uh, <laughs> hey, no, hey, Jerry, we've talked about this uh and we can't announce this yet, but there's something coming, a, re, a reinvention. Let's call it that, a reinvention. Oh my. And, it, <laughs> and it relates to our, in fact, uh, it, it relates to our both in college and coming out of college uh, being part of this hugely popular thing that exploded in the 1960s, uh, which was a kind of a folk music revival. And it was uh, a lot of people made a lot of money. Peter, Paul and Mary, Kingston Trio and others, uh, Bob Dylan, et cetera. Joan Baez, they made a lot of money. John Denver, blah, blah, blah. And I know when I heard that stuff coming out of high school, going through college, and I quickly joined a trio, a couple of other guys. Yeah, and so did. we were going to be the Mitchell Trio, Kingston Trio type deal. And of course, we thought we were great. No, 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 no. And I, I, I'm not part of that. I'm part of that 50%, Jerry. And Jerry Springer was part of a folk duo. Like there was Ian and Sylvia. And then there was, hang on, I'm pulling the record. And, Jerry. Yeah, and there Linda was and uh, Linda and Jerry. Yeah, Linda and Jerry. But then. And what we they met gave the Noel, musical community is yeah, really then just. We met, we met Noel Paul Stuckey a few years ago. And we're going to talk about that in a few a future episodes. He could really sing. Yeah. I mean, there's quite a difference. You see, there's Where? a difference between <clears throat> what Gene and I can do is carry a tune, which yes, I would dare say most people can carry a tune. I didn't the know that. I comes, and we're going to hear it later in this podcast. The <laughs> difference is that there's some people that have quality of voice. We're going to yeah. call it talent. And, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of it. And that's what distinguishes everyone else who sings in the shower. <laughs> Excuse me. From you. Really good sing. point. <laughs> Megan, that's the perfect segue. Segue. I know. It's like he's done this before. <clears throat> yeah. Speaking yeah. of talent, <laughs> this evening, yes, <laughs> we have with us Darren Hawkward. How are you, Darren? Oh, no audio, fellas. Sorry, we had to discuss oh, something with our producer here. Oh, right. got it. Did I like, pronounce Whether you were going to. Like whether you were going to stay on the podcast? <laughs> no, yes. no. He was he was just complimenting your voice so much. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> we're doing great, and uh, we're glad to be here. And that was a strong uh, track, "The Bloodshot Eyes." Good banjo plan. <laughs> that I would wasn't buy him. The 45. That's my honestly. That's my favorite kind of music. Um, and, and you're in luck. Gene has a garage full of those 45s. <clears throat> yeah, I do. so. <laughs> Hey, Darren, Darren, do you know that song? I'm trying to remember. Is that Jerry? You may have told us this. 
Is Bloodshot Eyes a known song from Americana or Bluegrass? Did you have you ever heard that, Darren? I had not heard it. Okay. No. It was originally, and then I'm, I'll quit and you guys saw, but uh, it was originally a Calypso song in 1948 recorded by a group called the Talbot Brothers. Wasn't a big hit or anything, but it, but it was Calypso. Huh. I found those words and just put it to a basic country tune that sounds like well, 50 Jerry, other country tunes. Mimic mimic a bar or two or line or two of bloodshot eyes done calypso let's hear it oh i have no idea in other words i didn't oh, know really i found those i didn't know any of this history when we originally started singing it yeah okay and then you know we didn't have cell phones back then or anything like that to look that stuff up we didn't, wouldn't have known how to and someone once said you know there was an old calypso song called bloodshot eyes and I have no idea what that tune was, but it was Calypso. What I did was just C, you know, G, C, D7, the basic three chords. Yeah. And na, 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 na. you know, I, there must be, as I said, 50, 100 songs that has that exact progression. Yeah. Right. Like a kid's song almost. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Darren. Darren Hackworth. <laughs> sorry, we were taking Our, your time. You know? So, yeah, Darren, once, you are from Hocking Hills, Ohio. Is that correct? I am indeed. I'm from Rockbridge. Okay. Yeah. And that is such a beautiful part of Ohio. If our listeners haven't been there before, take a weekend and explore Hocking Hills because it yes, is gorgeous. And yeah, so go ahead. I'm sorry. No, uh, I'm I'm proud to be from there. It, it is. Uh, I agree with you. It's yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. But you this evening are talking us talking to us from where and with whom? Um, we are in Newville, Pennsylvania. Um, uh, my band and I, this is my bass player, Bobby Wheeler, also Hi, a Bobby. Buckeye. Hey, Bobby. Uh, and this is Severn Edmondson. He's a Kentuckian. And, uh, yeah, we're on the road right now. So we're joining Excellent. you uh, at our friend's house. Nice. Excellent. Well, that's very cool. So you would classify yourselves as singer-songwriters, <clears throat> uh, country genre. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, if you want to say... Uh, Every, everything you mentioned there, uh, I grew up on. My dad's a huge Kingston Trio fan. And, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, great. Uh, you know, John Denver, Ian and Sylvia. Uh, I'm a nice. big, uh, you know, the first band uh, I was ever in was a bluegrass band. So, um, you know, and I write songs sort of in the tradition of John Prine. And, um, nice. and oh, wow. you know, uh, when I have these guys with me, we uh, uh, rock it out a little a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> well, you came very, very highly recommended from Casey Campbell, who is our yeah. musical guy. Um, and he just he was very excited to get you guys. So we're happy to have you yeah. here. We we love Casey and the Buffalo Wops. So. Oh, they're yeah. great, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, they yeah, are absolutely. great. And so the song that you have chosen to share with us this evening is called You Were a Friend. That so is correct. Not you got a friend, not you are my friend, you were a friend. You were a friend. Yep. Yep. Is that what you're going to say to the guy's house you're staying at? You were because <laughs> after you leave, yeah, yeah. He was a friend. <laughs> he was a friend. I knew him once. Now you're just, just somebody that I used to know. <laughs> it just depends on on their behavior, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Time will All tell. right. So we are going to take a listen to this to You Were a Friend uh, by Darren Hawkward.
was lovely. I like that. Now, where was that recorded? Uh, that was a, a festival uh, in Irvine, Kentucky called Kicking It on the Creek. Oh, cool. And, very uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. And if hey, by we the way, to... Darren. Oh, sorry, Gene. Uh, yeah. Let me just ask you real fast. Did um, the, the song You Were a Friend, so past tense, is that somebody, what's what's the backstory on that? Is somebody who, yeah. who died? You know, um, I didn't write it. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I've played that at a few uh, funerals by now of friends uh, who, who have passed away. Um, but uh, I didn't write that with anyone in particular in mind. Uh, just uh, some of the derelicts I hang around with gotcha. uh, from time to time. Uh, uh, sort of a collective uh, uh, ode. Yeah. To them. all of these the punk the, the drummer in the punk rock band <laughs> i like yep, that yep. <laughs> that's Thank very you. cool I, I don't want to get personal here but uh, gene uh, could you learn the words to that just, <laughs> <laughs> when i when i, I leave this you. place you that's can exactly. sing it at my funeral you know <laughs> hey did you ever <laughs> yeah. for pete's well, hey we'll give you the credit for it no question but oh, yeah. Gene, you could you could uh, darren you mentioned uh some of those uh classic <laughs> Uh, folkies from the 60s uh there was one a, a guy I, i'm not sure he's still alive named dave van ronk r-o-n-k and he was uh he was in the new york city scene back when dylan came in baez and all of them and he made this song famous i'm not sure i don't know that he wrote it called he was a friend of mine we Past love that tense. song yeah Yeah, and and John Denver did it, and the Mitchell Trio did it. So the the '60s folk people grabbed that song, and it's uh, <clears throat> a great song uh, commemorating uh, a friend, you know, that died. Uh, mm -hmm. Anyway, I just didn't know if you knew that reference or if that was part of the inspiration, etc. But no, it's a good story. Yeah, it's we love composite. Dave Ronk, <laughs> the yeah. mayor of McDougal Street. There you go, the mayor of McDougal. All mm. right. So yeah. where can we find more of your music, Darren? Where do where do we instruct our listeners to go to find you? Well, if uh, if anyone can figure out how to spell my last name. <laughs> Let's uh, do that. Why don't you go ahead and tell our <laughs> listeners how to do that? Yeah. I, I can't even spell it half the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N, Hackward, H-A-C-Q-U-A-R-D. And uh, good job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm on Spotify and Apple Music and uh, all the platforms, iTunes. Um, and I'm on Facebook and Instagram. There's a Darren Hackward Music uh, Facebook page. You can uh, check out what I'm doing. We're on the road right now. So keep up with us. Cool. When you, cool, cool, when cool. you travel... Well, they don't even have phone books anymore. But I was wondering if you travel around, do you... No, do you look in in phone books to find Hackwords in in because uh, it's such a unique name? I assume it's French that, that you might find relatives. Because how many people are named a last name Hackward? Well, uh, there's my aunt, and she lives in Missouri, and I think there's about one other Hackward out there yeah. in in America, unless you go to France, like you say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or of why, Darren? Oh my God! Okay, before that continues, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up this evening, and hopefully, we can have Darren and his buddies back soon because it was an absolute yeah. pleasure to have you guys. You were great, just great. Yep. Thank you and so much. While you are checking them out, make sure that you please check out Springer. 
his podcast. Make sure you go online and look at his uh his lovely debut on this mask singer as well. <laughs> but while debut. you're online, also my farewell tour. <laughs> Oh, it's yeah. a once it's a one yeah. only tour yeah. don't blame, <laughs> don't blame. <laughs> but while you're checking out all of that make sure that you go to our website and our facebook page as well give us a like send gene some love he needs it oh, yeah. um if you have suggestions yep. for the show let us know and uh darren yeah. like i said i hope to hear from you guys again real soon hopefully we'll have you back on as Thank we you go so much yeah and as we take it out this evening we're gonna have jerry singing with casey uh down by riverside